Hey y'all! Welcome to Wander, Forage, and Wildcraft. I'm Abby Artemisia of The Wander School. Each episode, I bring you stories, tips, and tricks from foragers and wildcrafters around the world to empower you on your wild path. Please remember to practice safe foraging by being 100% positive of your identification before consuming anything wild. Happy listening! Come on, everyone, and gather around. Listen to the soothing in this sound. I'm here to tell you that medicine don't come from a pill, it grows in the ground. The medicine we need grows all around us. Hi again, and welcome back. It's me, Abby Artemisia, and I'm especially happy to be here with you today in the midst of everything that is going on in the outside world. To be here talking about wandering, foraging, and wild crafting. And I think it's so interesting that in the middle of everything that's going on, our outside world is going through a major rebirth, the same rebirth that happens every year, the rebirth of spring. So even though we can't be with each other, we can have the company of the plants and the animals and the mushrooms and everything that is happening in the wild world around us. There are so many forageables out right now. So I'm trying to provide more digital education for all of you. But mostly what I want to say right now that I, one, want to encourage you to get outside because honestly, it's the number one thing right now that is helping me keep my sanity. And I just want to tell you that you have my support. I am sending out giant virtual hugs to you. We all need some extra love right now. And I think our guest is going to talk a little bit more about that. But I just want you to know that I'm here to support you. So if there's anything I can do, extra education that you would like to see, or herbal products that you need, just let me know. And I will do as much as I can to support you right now because more than ever, we really need to create community as much as we can while still being away from each other. So I don't want to go into that too much more right now, but I just want to thank you again for being here and ask that if you like what you hear, that you please like subscribe and leave comments let's be community and if you can if you're able right now please support the production of this podcast and get cool bonus material like extra podcast recordings that we're going to talk about in a minute but my guest and I are going to talk about herbal demulsants. So if you don't know what those are, then it's extra exciting. And if you do know what they are, you'll probably learn a little bit more. But 
She's going to tell us what they are, what some of her favorites are, and why we need them. On that note, today we are going to talk to my sweet friend, Audra Cicero, all the way from Florida. And we actually met, pretty sure, at the Southeast Wise Women Herbal Conference a couple years ago. And I loved her products. And I still have some that I am kind of hoarding right now because I love them so much. And the name of her business is Beauty Berry Apothecary. And she is in Sarasota, Florida. So hi, Audra. So good to have you here. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's super exciting and an honor. Hmm. Well, I'm honored to be able to talk to you. And I was super honored to be able to visit you and see your amazing gardens outside your house. I am very lucky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so incredible to visit and see all of the exotic fruit growing. Yes, Florida offers a lot of opportunities for fruit, so... It really does. Every time I'm in Florida, I'm just blown away by what people can grow there. It's incredible. It's like, you know, we're like halfway in temperate North America and halfway in the Caribbean, basically. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. a fun little zone. It is. Mm-hmm. So I loved your bio. Y'all check the blog, please, at thewonderschool.com. And you can see Audra's bio and the fantastic recipe that she is going to offer us that we'll talk about in a little bit. But my favorite part from her bio, I'm going to read right now. And it's so interesting to me, too. I think we're very similar. When I was reading your bio, I was like, yes. Yes, that's totally what I say about the Wander School. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Um, But I really love the way that you wrote it. And I can tell by looking at your website, which is beautyberryapothecary.com, right? Yeah. Yes. And I'll post a link to that too in the blog. You're just, you're a fantastic writer. Thank you for sharing your amazing gifts with the world. So this is something that Audra wrote about herself. It says, the focus of her herbal practice is twofold, to provide information to her community about the ways gentle herbs, nourishing foods, and a balanced lifestyle can support overall wellness, and to create vibrant place-based remedies that highlight the unique plants that thrive in Florida's many bioregions. Through this work, she aims to spark interest in earth-based medicine and empower individuals to take charge of their health, to make community-based herbal medicine affordable and accessible to all who seek it, and to foster a greater sense of connection, understanding, and care for the non-human world. So I feel like that encompasses so much. Yes. So (laughs) it's really awesome. You know, I feel like in there, 
you have a lot of community herbalism and what that is, empowerment, bioregional herbalism, accessibility. So all of the things that are highly valued in my world, for sure. And I would love to hear more about that from you. So can you tell us a little bit about your life as an herbalist, why you chose to do this and what that looks like for you today? Yes, of course. Well, let's see. I started uh, my path in herbalism because I was having a lot of health issues myself and really needed something that other healthcare providers weren't able to give me. And with that, I started making my own medicine because I couldn't afford to buy like one tincture bottles. So the accessibility and the affordability has always been really important to me. And I would say that's really in line with just my ideals generally. Like I want to be breaking down like the barriers that we currently have in our world and like all the work that I'm doing. So of course it manifests in my herbalism. So currently with herbalism, I'm in an interesting place. I was building my Beautyberry products business for about five years, just slowly um, as I was working other jobs. And I did decide to go full time with it in the fall. And in doing so, I was kind of seeing like the areas where trying to, for me, make money off herbalism was kind of putting my integrity in a place that I wasn't interested in. For me, I'm so passionate about herbalism, so passionate about doing things the right way for the environment and for the plant. So at the time, I decided, okay, I'm going to take a break. So currently, I'm on a break for making products. I still have a lot of products on my website. But it's been interesting. It's been interesting to have been pursuing herbalism for so long as an external thing. What can I provide for my community or what can I, you know, how can I make this my career? How can I make my passion my career? But the past few months, I've been really just looking inside and kind of reclaiming herbalism for myself, um, taking care of myself more with herbs. And so it's been interesting as this, you know, coronavirus has come up because I saw myself have this just really strong urge to put forth information about what we could do herbally and preventatively. So it's kind of hard to say where I am exactly with herbalism because I'm not sure. I am basically at home making remedies for myself and my family and trying to provide information to my community. And I'm just curious to see where it will end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you said all that because I think it's so important for listeners to hear who are maybe just getting started on their herbal path or have a little bit more knowledge but deciding what to do with it. And there are so many different routes that you can go. You know, I remember. I was talking to a parent of a prospective Sassafras School Mm -hmm. student and Sassafras School of Appalachian Plant Craft is one of my schools. 
And he said, I really want to buy this for my daughter, but I want to know what can she do with it afterwards? Is she going to go out and be able to get a job with this? Yeah, you're like, well. <laughs> right, exactly, as herbalist. And she's super dedicated and creative, yes. Exactly. But she exactly. will have to make her own path regardless. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's what I want people to know. And sometimes, as people might already know, when you take your passion and make it into your full-time job, sometimes it can kill it for you. It can kill the joy. Totally, which... It, it's interesting that I came to that because I, I've already tried that with previous passions. I tried to do photography as my job and I was like, no, not working. But, you know, herbalism is like, has been for so long, my like all encompassing passion, all I can think about, all I want to do. So yeah, it, it definitely was an interesting just insight to be like, I was finding myself just having a hard time doing the work. And I, I basically was like, I honor herbalism too much to mm. force it but it you know it's coming back it always I knew I knew it would come back very quickly so that's yeah. been really interesting yeah and sometimes I can't comes, go too far right sometimes it comes back for reasons that are out of our control <laughs> it definitely feels that way this yeah because yeah. I know I was thinking about stopping making products Mm -hmm. And then all of this happened and I was like, whoa, and I just moved and I just unpacked my apothecary and it's ginormous. And yes, I was like, hey, I have so much medicine here mm -hmm. and there's so many people who need it in the plantscape so willingly of themselves. So this is the calling right now. And I think, you know, if they're... I don't want to say one takeaway, but one of several takeaways today, I would just want to say to folks just getting started or kind of in the middle of this path, you know, there's no one way to be an herbalist. And no. the awesome thing about herbalism not being licensed in the United States is that if you work with herbs, you can call yourself an herbalist. That doesn't mean like go out and hang up a shingle and say that you're seeing clients, but it means that you're an herbalist because you work with herbs um, and you might not have the knowledge to have a clinic and see right. clients, but you have knowledge of the herbs and that is so needed, especially right now in the world. And you can help just like you do, help your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I say that of so many of my friends and family now who I think because of my influence, like know about herbs. And I'm, I'm like, look at you, you herbalist. And they're like, I'm not an herbalist. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> you're like making medicine. What else? Like you're an herbalist. That's right. And yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that, what was your path to get into herbalism? So like I briefly mentioned before, I had my own healing crisis, I would say, that lasted probably at least five years. But I mean, not crisis the whole time, but just, you know, mm -hmm. it started with getting like a Lyme disease infection that I was able to treat right away. But then I kind of like got harbored, I feel. And then for whatever reason, really flared up a few years later. And I started to have a lot of just the typical Lyme symptoms, like joint pain, fatigue, headaches, the mental health things, kind of your classic Lyme 
things. And I saw a lot of, you know, Western medical doctors and they could offer me antibiotics, which I tried, but that wasn't what I was looking for, which it's interesting. It's like this healing crisis helped me, led me to my path. So Mm -hmm. regardless, this was kind of the direction I was going, whether I knew it or not. But then, yeah, I, I wasn't working much at the time because I didn't, couldn't work very much because I was having all these symptoms. So I was pretty low income and I was on these kind of extensive herbal regimens for uh, the Lyme. And so I really just was like, well, I got to start making medicine. And I'm kind of that kind of go-getter proactive person anyway. And I love to make things and, you know, be sort of versed in the kitchen and those types of things. So it was just a no-brainer in a sense. So I started making a lot of medicine and then it was just like, I'm obsessed, just like full on in... (laughs) At that point, then I pretty much like unconsciously, I would say, but definitely like was like, I'm going to learn how to make every type of preparation. I'm going to learn how to make every body product. Like I just went all in, especially like dealing with health things. Like I didn't want to have any toxic chemicals in my life. So I made all my body products for myself. And yeah, and with that too, my background, my like academic background was in like sustainable agriculture and gardening so and environmental studies so I was already very much on the path of like trying to do good by the environment and humans and how we coexist so I you know started gardening herbs I never really gardened herbs much I'd garden um, and grew food and so it kind of just was this perfect match of like I want to be doing work that is like regenerative to the environment. I want to be doing work that helps people. Uh, I've gotten great value out of it personally. It's also like, I feel like herbalism plays on my like puzzle brain because it's really fun to Mm -hmm. like think about formulas. And if someone comes to you with a health thing and you have to really like puzzle it out. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I think once you learn more about herbs, you can go more and more in depth um, because so many herbs have crossover actions and it's just really fun so yeah it really went from like me helping myself to like very quickly me being like this is what I want to do for my life which is fun and so I did a lot of just like treating myself with herbs or using herbs rather and a lot of reading and then eventually I got involved with an herb school in Orlando the Florida School of Holistic Living which is an amazing school Emily Ruff is like the director and she's such a great teacher and I really loved my time there and definitely gained a lot the community herbalism program was cool because we got to experiment with all different types of herbalism and really see like where we are in like what we're interested in and where we could shine and yeah I I guess too I like I said I'm sort of a go-getter and a lot of other professional avenues weren't really like working out for me at the time. So I was just like, well, I love this so much. I'm making so many things anyway. Why don't I just try to have a business? Cause I think it would be fun to have a business. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I got where I am mm-hmm. and uh, lots of uh, herb conferences. And I mean, that's like such an incredible place for learning that I've really learned a lot at and connected a lot. at. And that's been really great. That's where we met. So <laughs> yeah. 
That's so awesome. And I would put it out to people too, that I think every herbalist I know, including myself, became an herbalist because they started out having a healing crisis. Totally. So they had some sort of physical issue happening and because they couldn't find answers in the Western medical world, which of course is awesome when we need it, when it has the right answers for us, but it doesn't always have the right answers. So for acute things like broken legs, things where we need antibiotics, things like that, it's super awesome and I'm so grateful to have it available. But for some other things, um, like what you're talking about, especially Lyme disease, it can be really hard to find good care yeah. in the Western medical world. So yeah, I think it, it is a good place to start and a great way to learn as well. I feel um, like, I think people call it like the healer's journey, or I've heard it called that, but yes. um, yeah, it's just interesting. I find that like it's given me so much compassion for people who are dealing with illness, whatever that may like present as. And I feel like that's super helpful as an herbalist yeah. to have that. And just, you know, of course I don't wish that upon anyone. So if you're an herbalist who doesn't have that, that's awesome. Right. Uh, but I definitely feel like it just, yeah, it helps just to relate to people because you're like yeah I get it I've been there and you're you can also be like I've tried this I've tried this I've tried this right so yeah definitely and yeah. also I think it's kind of what you started saying it promotes so much empathy in yes. us yeah so for if we do work with clients in a clinical type setting or we're making products for people. There's just so much empathy that happens from yes. going through that. It's a special gift. <laughs> it is. It is. I don't, I, I think not a lot of people look at it that way, but a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. I feel like once you can feel on the other side of mm -hmm. the worst of it, it definitely does now feel like a gift. And I feel like it is what gave me my path. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> So in a few minutes, we'll talk about some of your products. I love the bioregionalism that you practice. And for those listening who don't know, bioregionalism is really working with the plants of your region. It's really important to me. Probably 95% of my huge apothecary is wildcrafted by myself in this region. So I really feel like our best medicine surrounds us. It's what is most adapted to the same habitat that we have adapted to. So it's going to, you know, getting a little woo-woo, it's, it's going to really have that medicine in it for whatever is going on in our habitat that we're in daily. So I love that you do that. And also it means that you know for sure that the plants that you're making medicine from are those plants. Yes. And yes. you know how they've grown, how they've been grown, um, what their habitat is. 
and that they're as good medicine as we would like to believe. <laughs> yes, especially the weedy ones. Yes, the weeds. You know, those are often just as effective as any, like, you know, purported, like, Chinese medicine or XYZ, you know? It's, it's Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, I totally believe that. So speaking of which, yes. it's perfect segue for... <laughs> Why Beautyberry? Ah, yes. Well, you know, I I kind of made these pillars of my business. I felt like when I really got down to it, that was like, okay, if I'm going to make an herb business, I want it to be different. I want it to be offering something unique, something that's valuable because it is different, I suppose. That's just me. But um, And so, so I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on Florida herbs. I'm going to try to grow what I can as much as possible and wild harvest uh, appropriately as much as possible. And so I really wanted to pick a name that said Florida. And Beautyberry is just a beautiful uh, Florida native. I believe it's a North America native, but it's native to Florida. And the berries you can eat and they're often made into like jellies and they don't have too much flavor but they're a beautiful bright purple color so they have like antioxidants and vitamins but it's nice that it's an edible and then oftentimes uh, people use the leaves as like a insect repellent so I've uh, used the leaves like in witch hazel like soak them in witch hazel make with other herbs and made a bug spray so oh, it's just like cool. this is a beautiful yeah, yeah. It's kind of like our, and it's so funny because Florida is just so buggy, so it's very mm -hmm. appropriate. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I just want to really, you know, showcase a plant that I love that has a nice name and is a Florida plant and, you know, grows just in my yard. Every picture that I've taken of it for my website or anything is just the plant in my yard that just is there. No one planted it, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a way, just a nod to the Florida bioregionalism. Hmm, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it growing, what I'm pretty sure was wild, up into Kentucky. So I guess it has a pretty mm -hmm. large awesome. territory. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Yeah. I do love it. It always makes me happy every time I come to Florida. I know some people, I think, down there – don't like it as much because it kind of goes everywhere and gets yeah. in their way. <laughs> but it makes me so happy. I just I see know. it and the beautiful, you know, everybody go look at Audra's website, beautyberryapothecary.com. But those beautiful purple berries, it just makes me happy when I see it. Yeah. And it's really They're almost fun. this vibrant, like iridescent color to them. They're, they're super yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I've noticed that too. And then it's really fun too, because whenever I see them, I'll just pop them in my mouth and yes. people give you weird looks. But Yeah, they're like, do you know what you're doing? Right. You even new. That's right. <laughs> Who I am. <laughs> exactly. I trust this way more than what's in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, I appreciate it. of course. So the meat now yes. <laughs> that I really want to get into is this fabulous, super thorough and comprehensive article that you wrote, which I love. And I 
it was interesting to me because I felt like it had the same focus as the article that I just wrote, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was even more thorough. And I really appreciate that. So thank you. (laughs) Yes. And I am trying right now to get to the article because I can't remember off the top of my head the name. Do you have it in front of you? Oh, um, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yes. Okay, I, what's the I name of the article? Community Herbalism for Trying Times, Herbs for Respiratory Health. Awesome. Yes, I love that. I feel like it covers everything. (laughs) Oh, I do have it up right here. Okay. So I'm going to put a link to that in the blog if y'all want to find that, but it's basically beautyberryapothecary.com slash blog. Uh, We'll take you right there. And then uh, if she has a new blog up, it will be a longer link that will be in my blog at thewonderschool.com. And you can also find this on the podcast page of thewanderschool.com. And again, you can support this work and hear the bonus that Audra and I are about to record on demulcent herbs, what they are, some of her favorites, and why we need them at patreon.com slash thewanderschool. So if you can please support this work so that I can keep doing it because let me tell you, it's hard to be a small business owner right now. So any help you can give, I super appreciate it. And if you can't, I totally understand. And you can still help by spreading the word about this podcast, sharing it, liking, subscribing, leaving comments. I super duper appreciate it. So if you're just tuning in, again, I am talking to Audra Los Cicero of Beauty Berry Apothecary, who's an amazing community herbalist, and we're about to dive into her fabulous comprehensive article that she just wrote called Community Herbalism for Trying Times, Herbs for Respiratory Health. And I like that you put a huge disclaimer on this. (laughs) Yes, it felt especially important. I mean, anytime you're sharing herbal information, especially when it's linked to a website that has products, you have Mm -hmm. to really do that. But yeah, I felt like I just really wanted to set the ground rules of, hey, I'm a community herbalist. We don't really know anything about this virus so much yet. I'm not a doctor. Like, you know, all those things. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really important for those of you who are listening to remember as well. Um, there, This is a novel virus, so we don't have a lot of information on it yet. And unless an herbalist is working with someone who has gotten tested and come up positive yeah. for the virus, it's really hard to know if that is what is going on and to get a really clear view of what actually, what specific herbs and practices work with this virus. And so 
what most of us are doing right now is saying, hey, what have we seen work in the past with viruses? And I really like the, the path that you took as Thank far you. as, yeah. And um, I, I tried to take part of this path too, which was the path of prevention, focusing yes. on prevention, focusing on what we can do every day that's really simple, where we don't need a lot of supplements or tinctures, but some things that we all forget about. Yeah, they're kind of the basic reminders that it it was interesting to kind of spell them out because these are the things I would, if I could like, you know, live my perfect healthy lifestyle, these are like the pillars, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. to me as an herbalist, they're like, well, of course, but you know, we forget and we, you know, you could never do all of these at the same time, but prevention really is our best medicine always. Yes. And herbs are incredible in that realm. And it's cool too. Like, I think this is like sort of the wise women tradition of like, uh, first you do nothing, then you drink water, then you eat food. And so even with that, like I, specifically put the herbs at the last part of prevention because you know if your herbs may may help but they may not do so much if you're like not sleeping or not drinking any water or you know not moving so just a little tidbit (laughs) definitely and I love that you put number one eat a balanced nutrient-rich diet yes and also that you put in there as the first bullet point under that, limit inflammatory foods. Because I think it's easy when we're thinking about this to think about what we should eat and forget about maybe what we should limit in our diets. So not thinking of it as a restriction, but just thinking about, hey, this is what we can do for ourselves to keep us healthy. And these some of these foods really do cause inflammation and reduce our immune system function. Or just, you know, don't have vitality to them. Mm -hmm. And I think every, what they're basically what I call yummy foods. That's kind of my thing. Um, Like every yummy food has its place. Like ice cream is delicious and you know, chips are amazing, but (laughs) it's like they have their place and ultimately like, they might nourish the soul here and there, but they're not like creating vitality. That's not at all to shame anyone about their diets because I've done a lot of healing diets and have my own entire like path with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think focusing on what's nourishing us and recognizing too that, especially in a time of like stress when we need to be really Uh, amping our immunity like maybe just like don't have sugar for a few weeks if possible or just limit it you know limit it to as much as you can you know there's no black and white but especially now to be just conscious of that yes definitely so there's so much here it's like I don't even know (laughs) (laughs) know. but I mean in a really good way and (laughs) So speaking of that, you know, I think for folks who eating a balanced nutrient-rich diet is kind of a newer thing, 
I think it's important to point out that there are lots of yummy foods there as well. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like there's two sides of this coin right now with what we're dealing with. Um, And one is that right now a lot of us are dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety and stress. And so to think about making a huge shift or cooking three meals a day can just add stress to our lives. Yeah, we shouldn't be doing anything. This should not be hard, or not that it shouldn't be hard, but yeah, it shouldn't be adding stress. Don't let your self-care become a point of stress. Exactly. And I think that the other point is that because some of us might be home a lot more, which is in some ways difficult and in some ways great, we might have a little bit more time that we wouldn't usually have to focus on cooking some more balanced meals. Totally. And maybe experiment with cooking some things we've never had time to before. So I encourage y'all to check this out and maybe we can talk a minute about the fabulous recipe that you're sharing with everyone which I am super excited about. And it's called Papa's Chicken Soup and (laughs) Herbal Bone Broth. Yeah, Um, it's basically my go-to recipe, like anytime I'm, particularly if I'm sick, but again, if I'm just like worn down from like not getting enough sleep or I'm just experiencing a stressful time, if I just have like a scratchy throat, might not be an infection, but I'm just like, you know, off my regular or say I'm my digestion isn't great. I pretty much try to make this chicken soup recipe. I mentioned in the part where I write about the recipe that it was like what my dad would make us whenever we were sick. So it has that like sort of ancestral nourishing mm-hmm. element. And that feels really beautiful. I know he would make it in a pot that was like his mom's pot. So it's just, mm. you know, special, those kinds of things. Yeah, it's a... It's a like, two-part uh, recipe that just talks about how to make a really basic but really like nourishing and nutrient-rich chicken soup. I, that includes a broth. And then a second-part recipe where you take the bones from the chicken and make a bone broth, which I, again, as I sort of mentioned, have done a lot of different healing diets. And for better or for worse, you know, I've learned a lot, but Bone broth is the one thing I feel like I really take with me from those mm-hmm. diets. It's super, the collagen is said to coat our gut and all of, all of our mucous membranes, which are really an important thing that we need to be supporting right now. Um, mm-hmm. Help can help with joint pain, any sort of like inflammation really. So I just love it. I, I think, you know, maybe for some people it's an acquired taste, but I will say making it with chicken soup, it's much more mild. I've done a lot of bone broths with beef bones and it's delicious but this one is very like palatable and just you know yummy I would when I was drinking it daily I would just keep some up in the morning and drink it as my drink I don't drink coffee so it was like an easy sort of morning drink um but yeah was there anything else you wanted to know about the recipe I mean it just looks so incredible to me. Um, <laughs> there's so many good ingredients in this bone broth, um, herbal bone broth. It's really amazing. And I feel like it's such perfect timing 
because yes. the reishi, the astragalus, the seaweed and the nettles and those are all herbs and mushrooms that I have been seeing everyone talking about recently yes. as far as immune support. And they're ones that, you know, kind of are my staple, like sort of immune and nourishing things when I think of food herbs or uh, like they go well in food. So, you know, maybe some herbs you'd be like, oh, let's try to put this in my soup. Well, it's not that well suited, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I really love that broth because not only is it the bone broth, which in and of itself is so healing and moistening and soothing and mm-hmm. nourishing, but um, yeah, it has a reishi, a stragulus, which are both just really strong baseline immune support, the um, seaweed for different minerals and vitamins. I also usually put in some nettles, like a little bit of nettles if I have them on hand for nourishment and min- minerals and vitamins and Sometimes I'll put calendula if I have that because it's a good immune herb. And then at the end, I like to add any kitchen herbs that I have on hand. So in my garden right now, I'm super lucky that one of my roommates is an incredible gardener and has been taking care of that, which is a blessing. Um, But we have like oregano and rosemary and parsley. So I love adding those in. And ultimately, like with food as medicine, in my mind, if you're just having a little bit of any herb in your food, it doesn't even quite matter what it is. Like that's going to be adding like extra defenses and extra nourishment. Like all of those sort of culinary herbs, a lot of them are in the mint family. So they are, their volatile oils are antimicrobial. So, you know, maybe here and there you're having those, but that does add up over time to just a you know, having a more balanced and nourished body. So I, I love thinking of having food, uh, herbs in food in that way. Like it doesn't have to be like I'm taking my tinctures or I'm making my tea. Of course, that's amazing. But, you know, just adding things in every day a little bit like that is super valuable. And that's kind of like my one of my main approaches with herbalism. And again, why this prevention section, I feel like is really so important. Yeah, I love that. I I think it's such an important thing to focus on because I know that for those of you who are just getting started in herbalism and all the rest of us, honestly, yeah. it's overwhelming right now in general, but also the amount of information that is out there. I think because people know I'm an herbalist, yeah. They send me articles and I swear somebody sends me an article probably at least one every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, makes me it is. It really is. And I think if you're, especially if you're just getting started, it's hard to know where to start, what's most important, who to trust. Yeah. Totally. So my personal suggestions would be start as simple as possible. And so letting your food be your medicine, for sure. Whatever you have easily available in your garden, in your fridge, in your grocery store, those, it's amazing. We don't realize it, but those herbs are incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, just because they're a common kitchen herb doesn't mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're just incredible. I mean, in my mind, like onions and garlic are the best medicine and they're delicious and you want to eat them and everything. So I also think too, like cooking and like feeding ourselves is just so integral to our lives, something we've done for so long. And, you know, cooking, we evolved cooking with herbs. So I don't know, it just feels like it's in our bones to do that. And I don't know, there's so much to say on that. But again, with that, like, don't let it overwhelm you. I think just sink into what we would naturally be doing if we did have like an intact food system, which would be like using herbs in our food. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if there's one other thing I could stress right now, it would be what you said in your prevention number two, mm-hmm. <laughs> rest as much as possible. Yes. So I I know that we were talking about this just a couple days ago and I am finding myself needing so much more rest right now. I think that as herbalists, we are talking about empathy and herbalists tend to be very empathic and I think for anybody right now, it's really hard not to take on the collective fear and anxiety. Totally. And also being in our homes more, the detriment of not interacting socially, the onslaught of just 24-hour-a-day news and... I think it's just so much and we don't realize. So if you are feeling extra tired or sad, fatigue, any of that, please, I encourage you to give yourself permission to rest as much as you need to. I think that's huge because even just being home all day, the societal pressure to be productive or to be like, oh, well, I had this project I said I would always Mm -hmm. do if I didn't have time. Like, and that's still a pressure, like exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you are allowed to just rest, especially now, mm-hmm. especially in a time that you know. I was talking to my mom, and we were reflecting on like this is like a fight or flight time. Like you mm-hmm. might think like I'm doing fine, but like you're very heightened right now, regardless yes. of like who you are. Like, and once this is able to smooth over, then. Yeah, I think our like nervous systems will come down a bit and we'll be like, wow, I was really like heightened or like vigilant. My nervous system was vigilant for like so long. And, you know, like if you're again checking the news every day and calling your parents and are you okay? Like you it's not just normal times, even if you think you're coping, which you totally are. And that's awesome. But yeah, just reiterating that. Um like I've been noticing my sleep is really disrupted, which is something I deal with on my own, just insomnia. And I know it's from that. And again, like I think too, this uh, situation is bringing up so many other like points of weaknesses in all of our lives and communities. So, you know, to, if you're already, as everyone is dealing with what it means to be a human and add on this pandemic, then yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's much more stressful than just normal times. So, yes, uh, thank yeah. <laughs> you for saying that. I really appreciate it. It's such an important point to make. 
And I feel like our whole world and life as we know it is shifting right now. Totally. I don't think that anything will ever be the same. And I don't think that has to be super scary, but it is also stress inducing. Totally. Because it's a very, as I hear people say over and over again, it's an uncertain time that we're living in. So be aware that some extra nervines might be a really good thing right now too. Agreed. I kind of put them at the end of like the preventative herb section, Mm. but I think, yeah, even if, if that was your only preventative medicine, you know, like what I lay out in this thing is like you said, very comprehensive and don't let it overwhelm you. Like, even if you just feel like I'm just going to drink my chamomile tea every night, like that, that is hugely preventative. So it is. Yeah. You have some awesome nervines in here. So they're my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. And I, they're mine too. Um, Mm -hmm. Just nervines in general. And there's something that are easy to forget about. Nervines are herbs for the whole nervous system. And so, you know, I often forget how much that encompasses. (laughs) Yes. So it encompasses our daily emotions, it encompasses our sleep, it encompasses pain. And so if you are feeling stressed or not even aware that you have more stress just because what's going on right now, you might also be having more pain as a result. I know that that is totally to me. Yeah. So if that's something, especially that is sort of your say weakness or what you're prone to generally. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes Definitely. sense. Yeah, and so you named some great ones in here. Chamomile, rose, lavender, linden, oat straw, milky oats, lemon balm, Damiana skullcap, and hawthorn. So Those definitely, are definitely my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> some of mine I will as say well. My, just a little tip, uh, my favorite, like, I'm like a flower girl, mm-hmm. so... I'm obsessed with flowers just generally, but uh, I love making a tea with like the first, I think five you mentioned, which is like oat straw at the base and then chamomile, rose, lavender, and linden. Just oh if God. you have those herbs, try it because then I will say you add a little bit of honey. It's like uh-huh. the most delicious tea. It's like all you ever want to drink and it's oh. just so nourishing. Yeah. And- <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Oh my yeah. gosh. Please, everybody try that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like my secret weapon tea that I do. Yes. It's like the tea I make when friends come over and, and then they're like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah. Herbs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, herbs. Yeah. Okay. So again, there's so much in this article and we don't have time to go into it all, but please, everybody, read this article. Again, the link will be in my blog at thewonderschool.com. And is there anything else that was really important to you about this article that you wanted to mention before we move on? I mean, it's laid out so well. I will say it really felt like this thing that just sprung out of me. In some ways, I think it's like my way that I reduce my stress is to feel like I control over my Mm. situation. So this was my way of being like, okay, I can give this information to like specifically I wrote it for like my roommates, my parents, my siblings and their kids, like my best friends who are like 
know a little bit about herbs already, but don't really know what to take, like, which is, I'm so happy it's re reaching a wider audience. But for me, it was just like, okay, so we're dealing with this. I'm going to be very, like, rational about what's happening. Like, if I, you know, it's completely possible that someone I know could come in contact with it, and I, like, want to have a plan. And I don't know, it's just the way I felt like I could control my environment or feel like I did what I could. And maybe that is the herbalist in me, this person who, even though I'm like at home and I'm tired and I'm stressed and I really just want to like watch TV and not do any work, like I'm going to make this document because mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. I just have that urge to take care of the people I love and make yes. sure I can reduce harm and as you know, whatever way that is within my means. But yeah, with that, I mean, I would just say, you know, read over it is a lot of information, especially if you are new to herbs. But um, I would say as much as you wish, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I am not working currently, so I'm kind of just home quarantining, uh, making remedies and having quality time with my loved ones I live with. And I am more than happy to answer questions. Um, I will say too, I do go into a section about like acute infection. And mm -hmm. with that, I really didn't want to say too much. I really just wanted to outline like what I do specifically if I get a respiratory or lung infection, whether it's viral or bacterial, but I kind of lay out like what I'm doing when I'm sick. So and with the specific only real specific thing that I would talk about in regards to like this virus sort of is that I do have a section on like lung herbs. So I wanted to put information in there on like, okay, if we get sick, we can do X, Y, Z sort of standard, just things for a cold or a flu. But I want to have some like remedies on hand for like, if we are getting like mucus stuck in our lungs and we need to expectorate it. So there is information on that too, but with that, again, I'm really just basing that on, like, what herbalists at large think about, like, respiratory and lung infections. Mm -hmm. So there's no, nothing specific to this virus, but I thought that was helpful. Oh, I will say, too, another thing is that at the very end, I, I, there's lots of links in there for, like, where you should buy stuff and, like, what herbal companies to source from. But at the end, I just decided to like synthesize the information into like, I call it my coronavirus apothecary. And again, this is like my way of controlling my environment. But I was like, in the prevention section, these are XYZ things I'm having on hand. If I get the virus, these are XYZ things I'm having on hand. So it's kind of just like a too long, didn't read it. <laughs> so that <laughs> No, it's really fabulous. It was super <laughs> inspiring to me. I was like, Oh, this is such a great idea. And in a way, again, that is truly me just being like, I am a hyper organized person. Like, <laughs> how am I gonna like take this information and basically make a list for myself of like what I plan to have on hand. And that's kind of changing all the time. If you might find uh, listeners that like, as I have that a lot of bulk herbs are just sold out online, which is, you mm -hmm. know, of course, like herbs are inexhaustible, exhaustible. So you know, they're not gonna just the limitless supply of them. But uh, even me as an herbalist and a medicine maker, um, within those things that I said that I wanted to have on hand, I ended up just buying formulas from people because 
I don't know, just to be like this, my tiny little pile of things for the virus. Um, right. But that's because I'm not able to make anything because there are a lot of herbs aren't available. Right. But that's kind of just, yeah, that's my more like herbalist hat saying all those things. Like ultimately I think for people who have less um, like knowledge or experience with herbs, like really just focus on the prevention and, and really the lifestyle things like, you know, exercise and finding ways to reduce stress, whatever that may look like. Um, mm -hmm. Staying hydrated, which is something we'll talk about in the Patreon element, but that's like super crucial for this virus in particular, or for viruses in particular, especially mm -hmm. those that like attack the respiratory. So that'll be a good segment. But yeah, again, like, feel free to reach out if this like strikes you, you find this important, share it. I love that I wrote it out of like anxiety, literally, and then it's like taken on a life of its own, which I feel like is like, sort of what the calling of herbalism is anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's been really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so glad. I mean, that's why I wanted to put this out there too, because I know so many people are having anxiety and I want everyone to have an accessible way to feel prepared. Yes, and have what they need taken care exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah, and so, I mean, we could go on all day with just what's in this yeah. article because it's mm -hmm. amazing. But I want to get on because I love your products so much. Thank it's you. the labels themselves are beautiful. You can feel the love in the products and just the fact it's like every time I take them, I feel like I'm in Florida. Oh, it's so special. I mean, that's so, so cool because that is the goal. Like, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, my overarching goal with herbalism and any work that I'm doing is to connect people to earth so that they can have a personal relationship and thereby want to fight for it. Yes. <laughs> that's like my secret. <laughs> Me as well. <laughs> so I feel like that's just really special. And I will say like, sort of when I again was like framing like what do I want this business to be I did sort of have in mind that like my products would like in some ways be like products that herbalists love <laughs> yeah in the sense that like you know I don't know I had previously been selling like more like body products and things that just people at large love but I really wanted to make things that felt special and mm. really heart-centered and I don't know. Thing it that's why it's fun to do the bioregionalism, especially being from Florida, because you know you might go to an event and see elderberry syrup, and you're like, oh well, I can make that. But then it's like, oh well, can you make it with these herbs? <laughs> right. Just, you know, I I also just love buying and supporting other herbalists who are making just really special and I don't know thoughtful products. So yes, that's just a tangent. I don't know where I was going with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> and I want folks, if they want to, to also be able to support you. So I wanted, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about both of our favorite products that you yes. make. So will you tell us about it? So my sort of signature product is, I call it Florida Sunshine. 
and I actually started making it when I was in herb school and we had to make products for to like display at our Florida herbal conference which was fun but I basically am someone who deals and has dealt with a lot of like just because of my immune system not being so great all the time like colds and flus a lot and I um, especially in having done a lot of Lyme research um, we happen to have two really great like basically weeds in Florida one of them being probably our most like ubiquitous weed uh, that are actually like super incredible anti-infectives um i can't remember if they're both antiviral and antibacterial but it's kind of in putting them both in the formula get sort of that full spectrum so those are the spanish needle which is also biden's alba and it's like if you've been to florida like any time of year it's here <laughs> and one cool fact is like it's either number one or number two of like the plant that's pollinated by the most pollinators so it's like one of our pollinator plants which is really beautiful because it literally just grows everywhere any side of the road that you see like a little white flower on that's it and it's an edible it's like a mucous membrane toning astringent so it has lots of different actions Mm -hmm. topically but that is in there and then I also put a plant called cedar acuta which that's the species but there's different cedars but to my knowledge, it's a plant that grows in a lot of different areas in the world, but we are just lucky enough to have it here. And bringing it back to the product, the product I formulated as just basically my go-to tincture for when I have a cold or a flu or an upper respiratory infection generally. Mm-hmm. So it has those two as kind of the stars. And then like the other star, it's elderberry, which is kind of my it's almost like my totem like herbalism plant it's not necessarily the plant I use the most but I think of it as like the plant that got me into herbalism Mm -hmm. to some degree and I um you know it grows in my yard it grows super well in Florida and my idea with this remedy in particular was to make like your kind of cold and flu elderberry recipe but have it be specific to the Florida bioregion so it has the elderberry it has elderflower it has the seda and the Spanish needle. I put ginger in there too, which is an incredible antiviral. And then it's rounded out with some roselle, which is another Florida, grows real well in Florida, the hibiscus, and that has vitamin C. And then I put some citrus peel and some honey, local honey. So that's pretty much what I'm taking every time I get just like a regular cold that with like an echinacea tincture to do some immune stimulating but that's pretty much what I take and people seem to love it it's like kind of my signature product so like I mentioned at the beginning I've stopped making products currently just taking a hiatus but I do have like quite a few of those on hand and some other things too that my website should be more or less updated with what I have so yeah, and again, that's beautyberryapothecary.com. And part of the reason why I love this product so much also is because it's freaking delicious, just like all of your products. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, that's kind of my other secret like weapon is that I'd like to make things taste good. So mm-hmm. like make them into, I mean, not always, of course, if I'm like, if it's going to be a product I'm making for the public, I'm generally trying to more or less make it taste good, unless it's just like a simple one plant tincture. But I mean, just so much better compliance. 
That's true. <laughs> People definitely want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, I know I've said your website URL multiple times now, but is there anywhere else that people can find you or anything else you want to promote? Well, the website is good. I believe the contact form on the website goes directly to my like beauty bear email. So if you want to email me, you can do that. Instagram, I would say is my main like social media that I use for the business. I don't, I haven't been active on it very much because I've since about like October or November have been taking this hiatus, but I still check it often. And especially now having put out this article, like that's probably that in my email will be where I'll be checking. And if I'm putting any updates on, it will definitely be on the Instagram page. And the Instagram is just it at is, Beauty Berry Apothecary? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I do, I didn't know that about you being a photographer, but it totally makes sense because uh, everything you put out there is so beautiful. The pictures oh, are just like, you. Oh my God. I know. It's kind of funny. I reflect on the name being Beauty Berry too. And I, I'm like just obsessed with beauty. So that's why I love taking photos and just mm-hmm. kind of curating things to be visually pleasing. So <laughs> Yes. And with plants, there's plenty of material there. There is. It's lovely. It is. <laughs> cool. Well, I will put a link to all of those things in the blog at thewanderschool.com. And I am so grateful to you. Thank you so much, Audra, for being here. Thank you, I- Abby. I always like loved like even before we met just learning from you at the conference going on plant walks I always really looked up to you so this is really special and fun oh you're gonna make me cry (laughs) (laughs) it's true oh thanks well we all need a little bit more happy tears right now so I'll totally take it So yeah, that was our Florida connection for today. And once again, I hope that y'all all stay healthy out there, body, mind, and spirit. And again, if there's any way I can help any education that you're needing right now or products I can make for you, please let me know. I'm in the process of getting a lot more products that are immune supporting up on thewanderschool.com including some elderberry syrup and mushroom tinctures but if there's anything you don't see just let me know and thank you so much for listening here please take care of yourself take care of each other if you do like the podcast please share it like subscribe leave comments And if you are able in these uncertain times, please support the podcast and you can do that by becoming a member on patreon.com slash the wander school for as little as $5 a month. And if you become a member at the $10 level, you will also get the brand new The Foraged Life Cookbook. And 
It is going to be fabulous. And I know I keep saying it's coming out any day, but it actually is. We just keep making it more beautiful and adding more recipes. But now is definitely the time because everything outside is popping. And of course, if you become a member, you'll also get super cool bonuses, like a bonus interview that we're about to record right now, Audra and myself, all about what are demulcent herbs, what are some of her favorites, and why do we all need them. So thanks again to all of you who are already patrons on Patreon for making this possible and happy wandering, foraging, and wild crafting. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wander, Forage, and Wildcraft. Don't forget to check the show notes for all of the links from today's episode. Thanks so much to Tina and her pony for the use of their beautiful song, Medicine. I love hearing from all of you, so please leave me your comments. And if you like what you've heard, please rate and review this podcast and share with folks you know. You can keep learning and following my adventures on thewanderschool.com and the Wanderschool Facebook and Instagram pages. Happy wandering, foraging, and wildcrafting. Come on, everyone, and gather around. Listen to the soothing in this sound. I'm here to tell you that medicine don't come from a pill, it grows in the ground. The medicine we need grows all around.